David Fowley, um, you pretty much insisted that we talk about the movie we're going to talk about today before I finalize my best of 2022 list. And I'm glad you did because it, okay, there's no replacing RRR as my favorite <laughs> film of like the last decade. But, but Broker, which actually opens today at the uh, Music Box in Chicago, times and tickets below in the link, shameless plug, um, is, you know, I was, I was really conflicted because I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking this is pretty much one of the best things I've seen this year, if not way up there. SS Rajamuli, I love you, but uh, this Broker film gets me in all the different places and I just, it drove into sharp focus. Uh, you know, I gave up comic book movies over the course of this year to be, you know, the hiatus is going to be lifted. I thought it was March, but actually Dr. Strange came out in May. So I got like six more months left of this. Oh my five. gosh. How much weight did you lose? <laughs> I've gained a ton, <laughs> but um, the point is I keep looking around at American cinema. And I'm like, this is just so uninteresting, so bland, so devoid of like, uh, ideas and actual like naturalistic performances yeah what is going on here why do i have to go across the sea to find stuff that actually resonates with me well yeah wait wait till yeah i mean there's there's a robot girl around the corner so you're fine um yeah i well, mean I... <laughs> you are teasing our megan conversation which will happen live <laughs> next thursday um, and and i i gotta say i drew some parallels to megan with this movie <laughs> that's hilarious no killer robots, um, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mainly saw this movie because it's the latest from uh, director Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, and I think you're new to this director. I, yes. Um, okay. Completely. So from here, I would go to Shoplifters because that's probably, um, he had like the movie before this was, I think, his first English movie called The Truth um from 2019 and then uh shoplifters was 2018 um i've also seen 2013's like father like son uh i really was that, wanna... was that a remake of the kirk cameron dudley moore movie from 1987 i wish it was because because <laughs> because like like his like father like son was so amazing that means that there's hope for remakes um <laughs> I, I still like he has a couple others on Criterion, like Still Walking and Afterlife. And so I, I definitely want to catch up with him um, in his entire filmography. I think he's pretty amazing. So I wasn't I mean, I was looking forward to another a Coriata movie, uh, but and I wasn't really surprised that this was pretty amazing and on the level of the type of humanity that he brings to his uh movies um and such a great balancing of ensemble casts um that he's known for i mean this one um it, it competed for the palm d'Or. i don't think it won but um it was at i think it premiered at can uh last this yeah last may and then it hit theaters in south korea in june and then now it's coming here. It probably had a limited release um, around, yeah, around here, I guess. But um, yeah, it's a very interesting premise. It's basically essentially or initially about these two guys who work in modern day. Um, I, I, is it, it's not soul that they're in, is it? It's, uh, 
there are a couple of different <clears throat> places they mentioned Towns. busan they mentioned seoul there's a few different places but it's yeah, it's, 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 it's a city seoul. in south korea yeah it's in a town in south korea where they are volunteers at a nearby church uh where they're at and um ha sang hyun and uh dong su uh ha sang is played by ha wait uh, played by Song Kang Ho from Parasite. Um, great to see him here. And uh, Dong Su's played by Gang Dong One. And I'm done for the day. No, um, <laughs> but but uh, those those two these two guys um, they're volunteers in a in a nearby church. And initially, we're not sure like what they work for or what they work as. It's very kind of like mysterious. And that's one of the many things I appreciate about um, uh, the director who also wrote the screenplay um, is that he just lets things unfold and lets the audience trust the audience to figure it out. Um, you know, eventually we wind up in our mind later on kind of, Oh, that that's what this was about. And this person's connected to that. And, you know, I was watching this with my wife and there's these two women, female characters that show up later. And I turned to her, I'm like, I think these two are detectives and yeah, it turns out they are. Uh, but so these two run, these two characters run an illegal business together and you would think, Oh, are these, you know, corrupt or, you know, kind of, you know, ex cons or something that are working at a uh, volunteering at a church. I mean, it could, if this was an American movie, it'd probably be a comedy, you know, but they, they run a, a, a kind of illegal kind of networking scheme together where they, basically take these babies that have been left in baby boxes, which uh, much surprised to me has is something that's been around in the, it, it's kind of like the American version of dropping your baby off at a fire station uh, in a shoebox. Um, well, apparently it is something they have these or a version of these in the States as well. Cause I was describing no. after watching the first, you know, 45 minutes or so, I was talking about it to my wife. And she said, "Oh yeah, they've they've got those here too." And I was like, "Oh, just I had no idea." Flabbergasted, yeah, yeah. So you drop off your baby when you know you're in a situation where you can't take care of the baby, and you know this either, you know, um, a church has these baby boxes or whatever, fire station, police station, whatever. And so these guys work for uh, volunteer there, and they basically wind up uh you know uh deleting the church's surveillance footage and uh it you know in doing so they um trying to cover up their tracks but what they try to do is they take these babies and they try and find them homes of uh maybe people who are not too far live not too far away but are more like well off and can pay a good deal um so that's one aspect of the story but then as the movie even kind of in the colder open, um, we see actually a, a rainy night, a baby being dropped off by a young woman um, in this box. And they're also being uh, watched from a nearby car by these other two women. Those other two women are the aforementioned detectives that I mentioned. We find out they're detectives later on. And uh, she leaves a note saying, uh, I will be back to get you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Later on, we see this young woman come back and ask about this, you know, child that she dropped off. And these, you know, two men are surprised. Um, and so what begins is this kind of the three of them go on this kind of journey of, you know, trying to find um, what happened with the baby and, you know, 
what, what's going on. And along for the ride is this precocious young boy who uh, is part of the uh, this orphanage that they stop over on where uh, Deng So kind of grew up in. Uh, so it's a very interesting assortment of characters that are trying to kind of figure out things, um, you know, with uh, as in, in respect to, you know, where this child is can go and where it would be uh, adopted, who is the right fit. And, you know, I would say along the way, um, I don't see I don't see a whole lot of. Um, you know, it, this doesn't play out the way I would expect it to. There's a lot of subversion, I think. Um, I, I saw, because I feel like, oh, this is going to go darker because, you know, of the business that they're in and, and oh, this is not going to go well. But, and, and what I mean by that is I think that typically I would see um, more darker characterization for some of these, especially these two men who run this business. But they're actually... Um, you know, quite, I think, you know, kind of well-intentioned and kind-hearted. Yes, they want to make some money, but they also want to find a good place for this baby. Um, anyway, I mean, did you feel like you, you, as this movie unfolded, did you feel like, you know, some of your expectations were kind of, you know, uh, you were, you were taken aback a little bit? Oh yeah. Um, it's strange because you mentioned this could have gone darker. I think it goes plenty dark, but not in the, you know, kind of cynical, dystopic kind of way. But yeah. you you learn a lot about these characters and the things that they've had to deal with in their lives. And that's, you know, it's pretty harrowing stuff, particularly the way our the person that we think is going to be the protagonist or at least the main character of the film, uh, you know, Song Hyun, if I have that right. Um, we fight, you know, his fate is kind of, up in the air and if we talk a little bit of spoilers towards the end i might need your help uh in figuring out exactly <laughs> what happened because it's it's kind of vague to me i've only seen the movie once me too right but yeah. the this is gonna sound weird but the main parallel i found to this film with was, megan <laughs> no 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 oh, not, okay All right, we'll get to there, that later. There, there is some par there is a parallel with megan but not not this <laughs> all right structurally and almost like bullet point events wise this reminds me of True Romance, the Tony uh, Scott film. Well, okay, uh, road trip picture, but go on. It's a road trip picture where these people are trying to unload something that they should not have. In True Romance, it was a suitcase full of cocaine. Here, it's a baby. They're being the people are being tracked by cops. Eventually, gangsters get involved. There is a hotel exchange where there's sort of a Mexican standoff between these three parties that gets interrupted. Doesn't nearly end as, as violently as that. And of course, the movie ends. It's almost the last scene, but with a couple at a new a child, like a new toddler dancing on the beach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's true. I mean, <laughs> wow. I wonder if he's watched True Romance. Wow. I don't know. I just I think that would be a it would be a wonderful kind of double, double feature, feature just yeah. to see how tonally you can do stuff with with structure and, and come up with right. completely different results. But I you know, yeah, I this is a very hard movie to describe because it's almost like uh, like the heart of a spider web where you see, OK, there's a, yeah. a fly. And then as you get out, you see the, the many different tendrils and, and threads and the intersections right. are just completely surprising and unpredictable. So by the time you get to the end of it, you see this masterful tapestry 
that could be convoluted, but there is just enough information in terms of how each of these story points intersect with each other that you don't feel like, okay, here's here's another exposition dump. There aren't any exposition dumps. No, there aren't. As you mentioned, there's no hand-holding. We find out about these people the way that we naturally would if we were coming into a situation with a whole bunch of strangers in a predicament. Right. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, this is, it's a truly a masterful uh, story that I think it's odd because there were times when I felt it got a bit preachy almost, but then I realized it only feels preachy because this is a sort of pro family, pro life, I guess, message mm -hmm. that we don't see a whole lot of in, uh, in mass entertainment. I don't know if that comes down to uh, culture or if it comes down to something that the director was trying to say, but yeah. it's, it's a beautiful movie. Um, I, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not preachy. It just does have a very definite point of view and it allows for contra points of view to be expressed within the dialogue and the characters so that you kind of walk away from it thinking, wow, this is all uh, very lovely. And it's, it's a happy resolution for most of the characters. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not exactly soapboxy. It's, I, I'm having trouble describing it almost as much trouble as I would have describing the entire plot as you so eloquently laid out because there's a lot <laughs> going on well i tried uh touched on the surface i mean there is a lot to take in here like you said um i think um yeah the connections um obviously come to us uh gradually and by connections i mean this young mother uh played by lee joong uh moon su young um She's the one who goes, uh, basically decides to um, thrust herself upon the uh, broker's journey here um, and says, well, I'm coming with. Um, and she, it, I, I, I kind of love how we get to know her a little bit more in that first, the first meeting with the potential parents. Mm. Um, it, it was kind of like on a dock, I think, in a village yeah. in another bit town, um, yeah. a little clandestine, you know, a little suspicious. But, uh, you know, here are two people who seem like they're in either middle or upper class, upper, upper middle class. And, um, you know, they're asking questions and everything. And, um, you know, it's it's a you know, it's, it's kind of a vulnerable, tender moment there. But also, you know, this the the actual mother this young woman you know basically wraps it up nips it in buds basically like nope this isn't happening you know uh yeah and that's you know the reason she kind of goes along with these guys she figures out the the racket that um they're in yeah yeah the, well i want to go back and just kind of clarify something uh so young does not leave the baby in the box she leaves the baby outside the box oh, in the vestibule right. that's right which opens up the loophole through which, um, you know, Sang Hyun and Dong Su typically operate. I get a feeling because inside the actual box, now it sounds crude. It's not, it's not just a box. It's like, you know, it's well lit. Uh, it's, it's like it's a warm. It sounds, this sounds even worse, but it's like a French fryer. Like it, it's, it's heated, you know, it's like. Or, or like a, like almost like an incubation unit you'd see at a hospital, but right, 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 not with right. like tubes and stuff hooked up to yeah. it, but there's a camera to take to record when someone right. drops off a baby right uh so young leaves the child outside the, the outside the unit and normally uh sang hyun and dong su would take those kids 
and usher them into their own version of the black market, try and sell them for themselves because mm -hmm. there's no record of anybody having been dropped off. So right. the next morning they can say, do you have any drop offs? And they're like, nope, check the, check the records. One of the undercover cops, uh, or not undercover, they're, well, they're, they're, they're cops working for the, yeah. for the trafficking unit, I believe, right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. have been tailing this, uh, this team for a while. Uh, the one, uh, uh, Su Jin, played by Bai Duna, who uh, I recognize from Cloud Atlas from like 11 years Right, ago. right, right. Yeah. She actually gets out of the car and goes up to the church and puts the baby inside the box, which creates that's a bit right. of a problem. Yes, yes. Uh, that's why they have to delete the footage, the, the record and, and all that, I guess, blaming it on a skip or something like that. But so all these characters are getting involved in each other's lives and these little increments that kind of play out greater later on uh so young discovers what is going on with these two guys confronts them and basically they agree hey we'll cut you in on the sale of your baby and she's mm -hmm. like cool and that's why she accompanies them to this dock <clears throat> but the arranged price beforehand had been 10 million won i just looked up yeah. the conversion rate i don't know if google's lying to me but it's still like 80 cents on the dollar um wow that's that's a lot but they get there and this couple are like, nah, eh, we'll give you four million. That's right, yeah. Right, and then she said uh, she kind of flips out because they're talking about the kid as if it's you know a piece of you know uh, produce or something like. Right, oh right, yeah, right. this this lettuce is a little bit brown on the top, uh, right. and she kind of flips out and says, "I wouldn't sell. I would never sell my kids to you scumbag. My kid to you scumbags." And then they kind of exit the deal. Fortunately, because the two cops are waiting to catch this duo in the act. We see uh, Su Jin, like after everybody leaves, pop her head out from behind a crate. Um, it just kind of like, damn, foiled again. And it's right. these moments that, you know, talk about a tone that is uneven, but perfectly placed at the same time. This is a heavy drama. And it's also this weird, almost situational comedy. There's yeah, it's warmth almost, and humor yeah. and also harrowing, you know, tears and, and emotions all around. Yeah, it's got just the right amount of quirk to it, you know? It's not, you know, quite, you know, Wes Anderson quirk, but it's it's more of like, you know, more Coen Brothers quirk than than Wes Anderson. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's really well balanced, the tone, you know. It is. Um, and I think even when uh, this is going back to my true romance analogy with the mobsters, there is uh, <laughs> Sang Yun is <clears throat> in thrall or he's in debt to a local gangster for i think 50 million won or something like that it's a it's a large amount and these two young hoods drop by his dry cleaning tailoring business one morning and this is i don't know if this has been done in a movie before but it's beautiful the two kids they they're probably in their early 20s they show up and they say uh hey uh we need you to clean this shirt for us and they hand over a white shirt that is <laughs> covered in blood stains so yeah and they're like it's not yeah, even we, white anymore it's all red Right. It was like, yeah, we, we need this clean uh, right away. Oh, by the way, uh, our boss says you got to give him the money by next week. There's no threat. No, nothing. Just like dropping off a shirt and saying, hey, the guy you owe money right. to, he'd like it next week. So good. Yeah, it, it kind of drives chill. a message. Right. Yes, it does. <laughs> and it's not funny. It's just very a very clever way to introduce characters. Right. And, and one of the younger ones, I guess, is... Uh, Someone that uh, Sang Hyun knows, he knows his father, kind of like a kid mm -hmm. from the neighborhood who's fallen in with the wrong crowd. He's going to pop up again and become very important uh, later. We haven't even, there's so much to unpack here. I don't think we're going to have the time, but there's uh, 
murder, there's prostitution, there is, uh, you know, kind of like ransom and all this other stuff going on in this film. And yet it doesn't feel like too much. This movie is only two hours and 10 minutes long, but it's so tight yeah, that I really can't even is. believe it. It feels like this could be an entire like Netflix uh, series. Yeah, no, I agree. If If anything, I feel like the connection that the young mother uh, Su Young has with I guess the the mafia uh, it seems not as developed as I would have wanted it to be uh, or it could have been um, I don't yeah. know if I don't know if he was in the mafia I I think I couldn't yeah the, the impression I got and this is if there is a downside to not explaining everything you can kind of get so far into the weeds that you know your own weeds that you forget that there are other people who need to understand what's going on too but that leaves room for imagination the impression i got was there's this very wealthy businessman who mm, got okay. a young a young That's prostitute right. so young uh her her name is so young which <laughs> when you translate that to english you're like oh that really drives home a message she's so young she's a young mother yeah. um but yep. he got her pregnant uh he and his wife offered five million dollars to have you know to have the child taken care of yeah you know get it have an abortion uh so young decided not to she had the baby and then when the businessman found out i guess there was an argument and she ends up killing him yeah which leads to an investigation all these problems at that point she had decided to get to get rid of the child by dropping off at this at this box uh the widow now decides that she wants that baby for what i'm not exactly sure so she hires the two local hoods who are affiliated with the mob to track down uh track down the baby and the mom which also means tracking down the two brokers that she's you know caught up with plus the little kid uh it's yeah it's it's very strange yeah i mean it's um it like you said it all works out i just feel like it it almost warrants a second viewing just to take it all in again, just to see how it all, you know, falls into place, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Along the way, they do uh, make a stop in this kind of um, uh, rural kind of, you know, orphanage uh, location uh, where, as I mentioned, um, uh, Dong Su had, had grown up. He was, uh, he grew, he was a child there and he was, uh, he himself, um, I think he was either adopted or went to a foster home. Um, and that's an interesting whole setup too, you know, just the, the machinations of it all. And, and, and that location is very interesting. And even the uh, precocious young boy that I mentioned um, that uh, hitches a ride, uh, you know, unexpectedly on their car when they leave. Um, and that is Hajin uh, or Hygen. Mm-hmm. Um, is the character's name um and you know he could have been too overly cutesy as a character but i kind of liked his he was a, he's a young boy yes i call him precocious but he's he's a young boy that's really kind of comfortable in his own skin and really has is one of those kids uh young boys who just has will walk up to you and have a question like you know why are you why are you wearing that color shirt you know or whatever you know um i i found that whole orphanage thing it, it's just another way of peeling back um 
who these characters are because there's a history there for you know one of the brokers and it's you know like i said kind of unexpected and i really enjoyed that i watched this on an award season screener yeah and i had the benefit too. of i had the benefit of rewinding now if you're going to see this in the theater which i absolutely recommend doing you got to pay attention because at least for me i did not pick up that dong su was the same guy who was partnered with sang hyun earlier on at the church ah. as the guy who showed up at the orphanage because there's just something in and this is a tribute to the actor i think the change in demeanor and environment mm. and uh, reception is so key to this performance because he's kind of like this background character when he shows up to the orphanage all the kids surround him he's like known as like the yeah. mayor of the orphanage yeah. or the king of the orphanage or something and i watched that scene and the like the next couple of scenes i'm like what happened to that other guy who was this the same guy yeah yeah i'm like i went oh my god it's the same dude yeah and that put it yeah. into a different focus for me no i feel that i felt that too um when i watched it um and i was just like oh we're just seeing a different side of him this is interesting you know how it's almost like a different location you know um it reminded me of how you know maybe when you go back to a family member's home for the holidays you wind up kind of reverting back to who how they remember you as you know and so he he was yeah kind of this you know uh celebrity who is you know it's like an alumni of the orphanage and coming back and all these kids are see him as that and um it's interesting the how his his interaction and the dynamic between him and the two um i guess the I guess it's two main people, a man and a woman who run the orphanage. Uh, I really like their characters. I'm like, okay, can we do a spinoff story on them? <laughs> you know, can, can, you know, Hirokazu create a, uh, make a movie just called orphanage or something. Um, although that's already been a horror movie, but um, that was the orphanage. Yeah. If he just, yeah, yeah. Orphanage. We just orphanage. Yeah. Broker <laughs> orphan. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But um, yeah, I mean, there seems like, again, these characters seem so very rich and, um, you know, full of stories themselves. So, um, you know, it's 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 another draw of how he, uh, as a writer, not just a director, um, really humanizes even some of the more ancillary characters. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not a predictable, cliched, you know, one note performance or characterization, I don't think in the whole movie as you said pretty much everybody who has a speaking part you want to know more about you know who they are right. um i do want to talk a bit about uh, speaking of characterization we get so many dimensions to all these characters that the argument at the center of the film sort of is why do we need these boxes mm. you know why mm. does society need these boxes because mm. for whatever reason young mothers decide that they are not going to be young mothers and they, they put the babies in these, these boxes to go other places. And also, you know, the subject of abortion comes up. Um, you know, what I really admire about this film is, as I kind of hinted at before, a lot of different points of view get bandied yeah. about back and forth. Sure. And it's clear from the filmmaker what the preference is because, you know, everybody kind of, well, most people kind of end up happy or content because they find family or family kind of finds them. And even though they kind of splinter off, they are forever changed by the fact that they decided initially to abandon family 
and eventually discovered the importance of it and the you know how it enriches you know one's life and it's it's a very it's something i've wrestled with for decades because i am mm -hmm. i am pro-choice but i'm also fiercely anti-abortion <laughs> in that i don't think it should be denied to people because that's i it gets into all sorts of different kind of fuzzy areas but um i also because of the way that i consider life and my own personal experiences with having kids and mm -hmm. having having a kid that didn't quite make it uh it's you know very precious to me so it's just interesting to see a film tackle this issue from such a perspective of you know what if you do decide to become a parent because no matter what situation you're in being a parent is hard you can have all the money in the world or not a penny sure. to your name it's not easy nope uh, it's just nice to see that kind of explored here rather than ah, just, you know, kind of like the, you know, I guess the, well, I was going to say the Juno route. That was more, <laughs> that was, that yeah. was a slightly different kind of a deal. Cause it was the, the message was more like, Oh, it's, you know, it's not that big a deal until it is, but there was still more of a pro choice kind of slant to it where this is, it's still pro choice, but it's also heavily pro life. I think. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Juno. I was thinking of that. I was thinking of like Little Miss Sunshine as far as like this ensemble going on a van on a road trip with different ages that too. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's, it just kind of lays it out like it is. You know, it, it doesn't really have a certain side or, or perspective, like say like a documentary would. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate that because what it's doing first and foremost is it is showing these complex characters and, and pretty much every one of these characters is a complex character. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's showing these, you know, the layers of these complex characters and, um, you know, uh, typically we might, you know, as we do, we don't try to, but we naturally, you know, judge people. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, the way he does that, um, you know, peeling back these layers and who these people are, um, it helps us from staying on one type of judgment for these characters. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we think that, you know, two guys volunteering at a, a church and then running a side hustle of, uh, you know, in the black market, adoption market, um, you'd think like, oh, these guys are kind of, you know, suspicious and, you know, nefarious characters and out to make a buck. But there's more going on. You know, there's a his, there's their history. There's, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ah Sing Hyun, uh, Sing Kang, who's Ho's character is. Uh, he's such a good actor. I mean, he's so good. You know, he's just like even when just seeing him like working at his you know laundromat, you know, at the sewing machine. I'm like, this is the guy from Parasite. This is just nuts. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, you know, he could easily carry or lead a movie, but I he's just so good at blending in with an ensemble and being a great character actor um I, you know i there's really it doesn't really feel like there's may, any main character in this movie um he i mean he could have been um i know you've seen this more recently than i did but i was a little perplexed with like how his character arc ended in this movie like what exactly happened with him to him what his that decision he made to kind of reconnect with one of those uh two hoods mm -hmm. um what what did you get from all that and that's why i was gonna that's what i want to ask you about <laughs> Spoiler now folks, yeah folks here's the point where 
I think it's both the strongest possible recommendation for David and I. Yes, yes, yes. So if you've seen Broker, please continue to watch. If you right. haven't, turn it off now. Come back after you have seen it, hopefully at the music mm -hmm. box. Um, yeah. I, I think you're going to have more chances to see that, I imagine, because I think this is, I would I would hope that this is going to be a real contender come awards time. I hope so, yeah. Uh, but, all right. So, spoilers start now. Thank you and goodbye uh, for those who haven't seen it. First of all, I want to talk about, uh, I want to echo your sentiments on Song Kang-ho. The scene, and we're in spoiler territory, remember, where we see him having at a cafe with his daughter. Uh, mm -hmm. First of all, I mean, throughout most of the movie, I, I don't, I feel like I either, maybe I didn't miss something. And this is more of that kind of like figure it out, the brent crumbs as you go. I didn't mm -hmm. know what his life story was. Right. You know, I didn't think that this guy was the type of guy to have a family, but it turns right. out he did. And either he left them or the, it got the feeling that maybe the wife, his wife left him because they had a very young daughter who he mentioned something about being three years old. So, right. uh, you know, a long time ago, she's probably like nine, 10 now. I think so. Right. So it's that adds another dimension to him trying to put other families together where he couldn't keep his own together, whether he left and he felt guilty about it or if he felt guilty because he was left. That's, right. that's something you find out in the last like 25 minutes of this two hour movie. <laughs> and you think you've got a character pegged and all of a sudden like completely left field. But when he is sitting with his daughter and she mentions that mom's pregnant. So her new, her new stepdad or her, the, the stepfather, whatever has, you know, they're about to conceive the mm -hmm. look on his face. Uh, he's kind of trying to be congratulatory. And the, then the daughter is like, yeah, so mom just would like it if you didn't call anymore or show up to the house. Mm -hmm. And just that, you know, he just kind of realizes that whatever he had with that part of his life is come to a close and the nuance of it. That's, I don't feel like it's acting like nothing in his performance yeah. throughout the entire film felt like it was acting. Again, I'm looking for a parallel to an American actor. Like who the hell can pull this off mm. without it being like, oh, it's Tom Hanks and his later Oscar, latest Oscar bait bid. No way. No way. No. Uh -uh. Yeah. No, I so, don't see. Yeah. So getting to the point of the ending, we see him in like a bus station or something. And he's, he catches a news report about how I believe this was the younger gangster. I'd have to go back yeah. and check the name, but I got the feeling they were reporting that he was found dead in a subway station or a, like a subway underground gift store or mm -hmm. mall or something. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And there was 40 million won retrieved from the guy's hotel room right before that, or, or shortly before that, uh, before the, the kind of time jump, he uh, was with the rest of his crew and they're about to broker this big deal for, for the child. He splits off from the bigger group mm -hmm. they go off and they get busted in this sting and he goes off with the young gangster kid saying i i gotta get you know, I'm, I'm done with these people let's you and me get something together we can do a lot right. with that 40 million so i don't know what happened there i get the feeling he killed that kid but he also didn't take the money i don't know why he didn't maybe he was just looking for a clean break maybe mm -hmm. cosmically he's thinking well if i'm not and I don't know exactly what's going through his head or how the local mob works, but I don't feel like you kill a goon and all of a sudden the, the big boss guy is like, ah, I, I, I forgot about the, the 50 million owed me. So it is kind of a puzzlement, but that's the impression I got is that he killed that guy because later on 
when they're talking about where everybody is and, and they're kind of catching up with folks, he hasn't been seen again. So I don't know if he went on the lamb, if he killed himself, if he got whacked, we don't know. Yeah, it's and it's kind of surprising how it, it's sort of left that vague, but it I guess it kind of makes sense concern, considering his own, you know, former domestic situation um, that, you know, maybe he doesn't see a whole lot of other options and it would be better off because he sees this is the other thing we haven't really talked about is he sees that uh dong su his partner is kind of could potentially you know have a connection with su young you know Mm. the young mother you know and they could hook up and they could have their own kids eventually or they could and this young boy could be adopted by them and so he probably thinks well where's my part in all this uh maybe they are better off without me and i could go my own way um and also i think after what his daughter said to him it that kind of maybe seals the deal that could be it i the other thing that strikes me is a a scene in the hotel room just before this uh kind of decision is made and and i gotta correct the record um i mentioned he was maybe killed that kid to get away from the the money he owed to the boss the the kid and his partner his fellow hood were actually in the employ of the, the widow yeah who was probably <laughs> contracted them through the mob boss so it's even more complicated right. right but uh at one point in the hotel room he says to dong su this line about you know how he would uh kill you know he said you you don't understand because you're not a father but you would do anything for you know to protect your family including you know possibly murder and it's kind of like an out of left field, like, like, well, I mean, it's true, but it's like, whoa, where, where's this coming from? Right. What is he so, thinking about? Yeah. Right. So maybe he had it in mind that he's going to, you know, try and at least take out this one peg of the danger that his entire family's in, his new family, yeah. because the this widow has hired these people to retrieve that kid at all costs, not really caring what happens to anybody else who gets in the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's complicated and complex but also you know still has a great flow to it and a great balance and um surprising tone um uh it it really is it's probably within my top five of the year um and uh yeah i'm i think it's actually i mean i'm kind of i'm kind of glad that this is your first uh horikazu korea um I think it's a good kind of gateway to his filmography. So uh, I'd be happy to talk more of his work with you. So, well, I I'd be happy to check it out. Cause I mean, this, yeah. this really did dazzle me. I do, before we go, I do want to mention loop back to the Megan connection. Cause. Oh yeah. Know, might as well. Waiting with bated, bated breath, breath. Um, <laughs> it kind of goes back to, you know, the, what I am clumsily referring to as the messaging. I'll just say the point of view of this movie. Cause in Megan, uh, and we'll talk more about this on Thursday, right. getting into the movie. But there is this uh, career woman played by Allison Williams who comes into to comes to sort of adopt uh, her niece, mm-hmm. and that and she's a robotics engineer at this toy company, and she ends up inadvertently creating a killer robot. <laughs> but at one point, the <laughs> killer robot is kind of lecturing her on you know who 
you know, who do you think you are? You've made your decisions. You decided that instead of having a family, you want to be the career woman and you can have it all. And now at the zero hour, you think you're going to be a mom. Yeah. That is something that is, again, kind of counter messaging to what we see in a lot of, you know, uh, I guess, popular media. Mm. Uh, the idea of shaming Megan, the killer robot, is shaming Allison Williams' character. Yeah. I'm not saying it's necessarily something to be ashamed of, but I'm saying it is, you know, this idea uh, it's, it's something to think about yeah. more than just like, you can't hold me down with a family. Well, maybe you're not being held down by a family. Maybe it opens doors to something, you know, mm -hmm. else and also doesn't invite the opportunity for killer robots to enter the picture. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there you go. I could see that. So yes, uh, a triple feature, true romance, broker and Megan, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> with with the apex uh it being the the second movie being the best of the bunch yeah, of course yes yes yeah. um and i agree this is this is my number two film of 2022 officially rr cannot be taken down glad i could help yes thank you very much david and thank you for for suggesting and for talking to the, uh, to me about this movie once again broker you can catch it uh starting today tonight at the music box theater in chicago uh, i imagine it's playing other kind of art house theaters around the country and maybe even around the world um definitely check it out you can thank us later david fowley of keeping it real you can uh check out his stuff down below if you like this content please like and subscribe and all that good stuff david any closing words on broker uh no i just well i guess just that i hope that uh we see it get an oscar nomination for foreign language but it better not win that sounds mm -hmm. terrible <laughs> I, we'll, see if, we'll see if rr gets it i mean it'd be great if it does but yeah yes if 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 RR loses out, it has to go to broker. I don't care what there the other go. movies are. Well, that's not or, fair, but yeah. or close, which is another one you got to see. I know we got to, you recommended that too. Now I'm going to be fighting between the the second place. What are you doing yeah. to me, David? Yeah, well, watch. You'll probably hate January. that one, so it'll be all right. Ooh, <laughs> challenge accepted. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Take care. We'll talk very soon. All right. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.